What I want to do is, is speak in the culture and make people realize that being Christian is not boring. It is actually the most exciting thing we can do because we're a part of something much bigger than ourselves. All following Jesus is about is saying, hey God, I actually have no idea what I'm doing. Because people are like, oh, you over-spiritualize things. I think the thing to know there is everything's spiritual. Uh, yeah, Like is. this whole existence that we live in is mm -hmm. inherently a, a spiritual existence. Mm -hmm. Like the fact that we can communicate and talk and we can see our own hands and like yeah. we can contemplate our existence right now, that in general is spiritual. And mm -hmm. so it's as we do not fight against flesh and blood enemies. Right. We do not fight against each other. Like mm -hmm. if you're mad at someone, if someone is, you know, trying to hurt you, trying to deceive you, it's not actually them that's at work. They're actually being orchestrated and influenced right. by the dark spiritual powers that be. Mm -hmm. And this is the truth, right? Yeah. And, and when we start to ignore that, because there's this big trend going on right now where Christians say, oh, well, you know, like, let's not focus on the negative. It's like, well, Jesus talked about hell almost more than any other subject. Yeah, yeah this is true. You I'm, know, I think people like I've heard so many people say about like hell is uses like a scare tactic and it may not be literal and it's like an imagery thing. But and some people also say that hell is just separation from God. And I think there's truth in that as well. But there's also like there's no doubt when you read even what Jesus said, like you can't read that and think hell isn't like hell isn't a negative, like a bad place to be. You know, <laughs> right. you know what I mean? Like I've never read yeah, that. It's like, thought, yeah, it's like, you know, that it's a nice place. Yeah, it's regardless, regardless, it's, it's, you don't want to end up there. Yeah. Like regardless if it's cause, cause like you said, there's, there's a few different options that it could be. Mm -hmm. It's just separation from God. Yeah. It is like eternal, like it's eternal burning or mm -hmm. it's just being destroyed in general. For one, yeah. we don't know we don't know what any of those things are like. Mm -hmm. But the way described in scripture is that they're they're very bad. Yeah. <laughs> you do it's not, not want to be part of, yeah. yeah, even if it was like you just cease to exist, like that's bad enough. You know, people you want to be close to God if you can, you know, that's not yeah. I, I don't think well, people are like people are like, that's the atheist dream is just to cease to exist. And it's like, how can you say that? Mm -hmm. We don't know what it's like to not exist yeah nobody knows so like yeah. how do you know it's not the worst thing ever you can mm -hmm. only imagine what it could be like yeah well it's like it, it's nothing but like at the same time we don't know what it's yeah we don't know what it's like to be to be nothing or <laughs> yeah, exactly. are you are you nothing and like do you have no physical form but somehow your spirit kind of li lingers you know it's hard to know what you know what it actually looks like I don't know. So like what, what I was kind of saying before is anything built on a lie will never lead you to truth. Mm -hmm. Like if you, if you choose one lie and you say, Hey, well, if I just kind of cut this corner to get over here, mm -hmm. then, then, I, then eventually I'll use that to glorify God. Like I'll live for myself all this time mm. until I become a millionaire. And yep. then I will use all my wealth to glorify God. Right. Like, but, but the truth is, that's not how it works. 
-hmm. because we live in a divine reality of choices. So when you go one direction, you Mm. actually seep deeper into becoming something else, an entirely new creature. So you start out as this child, which, which God loves children. And they seem like they're like the essence of purity, right? Because they're, they're, they're undefiled. They don't know yet. They don't really understand what evil is. They may do bad things, mm-hmm. but they don't really truly understand fully what evil is yeah. the way that adults do. And it seems like as we start to choose more of our own will, more of our own security, what we mm-hmm. want to hold on to in order to feel like we're okay in order to convince ourselves or ignore this coming truth that we're all going to die in this and there that is an important thing because mm-hmm. we have to figure out if we know we're going to die we have to figure out okay why or what mm-hmm. happens after mm-hmm. because if we only live a hundred years and we're not concerned with what's next Mm-hmm. then to me that's a very that's a very ignorant thing yeah, to short-sighted. Do because you you see the shortness of life and you know that this is a deep concern for, for there's two there's a couple of deep concerns that every human needs to focus on and it first off it's like why are we here mm-hmm. what are we supposed to do and what happens next mm-hmm. and if we don't take those into consideration then we're living in this space of less than truth. Right. And we wrap that back around to truth. I don't know if this kind of makes sense. Yeah, no, it's ignorance, like you said. Yeah, it's you're living in kind of blissful ignorance, kind of pretending like there's no consequences or there's nothing after this life. You know, the whole, it's kind of like YOLO culture, you know, it's like, you know, people just think, you know, this is it and here for a good time, not for a long time. And I, I, it can't really be further from the truth. And, and I think what you said was interesting in terms of, um, you know, about like the unseen spiritual battles. And I think, you know, I quite like it thinking of it when people say like people are being used or some things are tools of the enemy, because that's basically what it what it is. You know, things are being manipulated in the spiritual realms to you know to fit sort of the devil's plan yeah yeah it's not so much people and don't get me wrong and don't get me wrong we have free will Mm -hmm. yeah but people are choosing yeah to do the bidding of the dark spiritual yeah even if it's like you're acting out of ignorance or you're doing something that maybe you choose to do something you shouldn't because even though you you know you shouldn't because you want to do it or it's your selfish desire then you know that plays into the enemy's hands you know that just it is exactly what he wants you to do so to me it's like you know to think of it that way is quite useful because there's so many battles and things going on in the background that we can't see in in this dimension you know that beyond what we can see and we can all it's it's useful to think you know what are the spiritual consequences of our actions Mm. i think yeah yeah it's just the the laws of nature don't go away because we ignore them. Sun mm-hmm. doesn't stop producing vitamin D just mm-hmm. because we want to stay inside all the time. Our bodies don't need that any less. Mm-hmm. Nobody's convinced that 
when they feel thirsty that they shouldn't go drink water. Like they're not going to choose to indulge in the salt water because they know that if they keep continue to drink salt water, that they surely will die. Yeah. <laughs> they get more thirsty. They get more thirsty. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what choosing our own will does. Mm. Yeah, we're working against ourselves even when we don't know it necessarily. Well, um, we choose something. God, yeah. We choose something that in the moment seems to satisfy mm. that desire or yeah. that need for to quench our thirst. Mm. But ultimately, it dehydrates us. Ultimately, yeah. it leads us to death. That is what anything is. Like if we ignore the fact that Jesus Christ is the thing that quenches our thirst, that gives us peace, if we ignore that, mm-hmm. then we will continue to search and search for an answer for our whole lives and we'll never find mm. it. Yeah, this, we'll be, it, yeah. I was going to say it reminds me of the searching for the, you know, the, the living water, Jesus being the water that you'll never thirst mm. if you find him. You know, that's what it comes back to. You know, this searching is kind of futile because there's only one source of the living water that will always quench and you'll never need to search any longer mm. you know yes maybe this is a good point for us to introduce you and okay maybe I'll, <laughs> let, I'll let our guests um well i'll let you tell them kind of who you are what you're all about um we've known each other for a little while but i'll let you uh, kind of introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are and like what you're kind of what inspires you what you're passionate about and why you do what you do mm. like why do you do the podcast that you do and why do you study what do you study yeah so i want to start with uh i'm a human being i'm not a human doing so i don't want to describe myself by something although we do this all the time yeah. by something i'm doing because i'm just being and right. so who i am in identity mm. is a creation of god specifically given certain attributes to walk in those purposes now I easily time and time again over my life have chosen to choose for myself, right? Mm-hmm. That's so it's such a funny thing, chosen yeah. <laughs> to choose for myself. So we do have choice and, and a choice is a great thing, but we have the choice to give up that choice yeah. because we have deeper trust in our God that he, because he designed us, right? Like mm-hmm. we would never think this microphone knows how to like what's best for the microphone mm-hmm. compared to the creator of the microphone yeah. you would ask the creator of the but you wouldn't go up to the microphone and say hey why are you here you would go up to the creator <laughs> this yeah. microphone's never going to discover that even though this microphone can do what it was meant to do well it's never going to know mm. why right and so that is the same thing. It's such a simplified, and there's holes all in, in that analogy. <laughs> no, that's good. But, but when we describe ourselves with what we do instead of who we are, then we start to go down this rabbit hole of putting our identity into things that we're not. Hmm. So what I do is I do podcasts. So I'm the host of the Created Curious Podcast. And that's kind of how we met because I mm-hmm. just put a – a little Facebook yeah. post out there in the Christian Podcast Association. Um, but what I believe is that each individual has a story. Each individual person 
has deep purpose and when we walk in that purpose we shove other Mm -hmm. people or nudge them into their slot Mm -hmm. and one thing that i'm truly passionate about is this idea of understanding the playing field if we know the way god designed reality we know why or how moral Mm -hmm. frameworks work objective moral morality that was set into place yeah. If we understand, uh, you know, what the story, overarching story in the biblical narrative is, mm-hmm. what is culminating based upon prophecy, what is true based upon history, mm-hmm. and we put all those things together, then we can better understand how to walk our lives correctly. Right. Because if we think that we're playing soccer, but we're on a tennis court, <laughs> yeah. and we don't recognize that then we're going to have a really hard time. And I think that's what many Christians are doing right now. We don't understand mm. the fundamentals of the reality. Yeah, in which playing God, the wrong game, yeah. Yeah, because God says there will be a time where you worship in spirit and truth. We can do nothing apart from God, apart from the Holy mm. Spirit, interpreting, gifting us, and leading us to all truth. But that word truth can be translated into the word reality. Mm. God wants to show us what's real. And mm. when we defy what's real, there's definitely consequences. Like, like I was just saying, if yeah. you jump out of a plane without a parachute and you, so you will in your mind that, that gravity does not exist, that doesn't mm-hmm. mean it doesn't exist. The same way ramifications for our moral choices actually have it, – it, it, it pushes on to reality. Mm-hmm. You're, you're nudging reality, and you think that it doesn't have a, an equal and opposite mm-hmm. reaction. Yeah. And, and so thank you for having me on the show. No, you're very Um, welcome. (laughs) I am just a super passionate Christian dude that feels like, uh, I want, what I want to do is is speak in the culture and make people realize that, that being Christian is not boring. It is actually the most exciting thing we can do Mm. because we're a part of something much bigger than ourselves. Right. We're part of a story that's culminating and that's in leading to a distinct conclusion that we get to join into and be a part of and get mm-hmm. to actually be glorified alongside the creator of the universe. Can you believe mm-hmm. that? Yeah. That we just, if we trust him, if we believe that he is going to do what he says he is, and it's not that hard to believe because we go into this thing and we see a thousand years before in um, Isaiah. Mm-hmm. Him prophesying specifically of exactly what happened to Jesus' life. So, so really, we have the, all the benefits. Like God, right. probably you know, God, God is a gracious God, and he he understands. I mean, he he's the creator. He's all knowing, all powerful. But but if if I was God, yeah. I would be like, how do you guys not see this? I literally <laughs> unveiled it yeah. in history. I told you exactly what was going to happen. Mm. And so it's not that hard to to actually trust. Mm. It's not that hard to for for the trust to be rational, at least, but it's hard to stop being our own God. Mm, it's literally a, yeah, what happened submission. in Genesis. Yeah, Sub- it's literally what happened in Genesis. It's like, hey, hey, did God actually say not to eat of that? Oh, well, you know, if you eat of it, you'll know good and evil. Mm. You'll be able to make the choice for yourself right. what is right or wrong. Mm. And we're getting stifled by that same old trick. For all of eternity, mm. it's literally all Christianity is. I mean, I don't want to 
reduce it to that. But all following Jesus is about is saying, hey, God, I actually have no idea what I'm doing. Mm. And I want to give you the right to make my decisions for me because I know mm. you know best. And by doing that, that is basically grafting us into this grand story mm. that is unveiling. And this story that we get to exist in will lead to us becoming mm. glorified like God because our lives are hidden within Christ Jesus. And on the day of the Lord, we will be glorified alongside of him. Mm. Do you know that we'll actually judge the spiritual Elohim, the angels and the demons that were put over the earth to look over us? Mm. We will judge them. We will be placed higher than them in power and glory and in mm. authority. Yeah, well, it's like, like you said, it's, you mentioned about like allowing God to shape our decisions and, and things like that. It's like, to me, you know, the Holy Spirit dwelling inside of us is key to that because mm. it's submission to the Spirit inside you, really. And it's, to me, I, I feel it so often, you know, when I'm, you know, when you're thinking of whether or what to do, what's the right decision, you know, a lot of times for me, it's the Spirit inside me that you feel it making the decision. And it's, to me, it's, it's not even so much as saying God, just do my life for me. I don't want to be a part of it, but it's you in submission to the spirit, allowing it to guide, allowing the Holy Spirit to guide you through mm. your life, you know? And it's, it's like, it's like working in partnership, but it's almost like, you know, you're growing closer and closer. The, the closer you are to the spirit, you know, the more you'll know what God's will is and be able to follow that path. You know, that's kind of how I see that. Yeah. You, you mentioned a little bit just about, you know, you see life as like a playing field almost and people are kind of, playing you know you, you want to speak into culture and you see people playing on this different playing field almost of like a almost like a different sport what do you see what's what's the differences that you see between the kind of true playing field if you know what i mean and what other people see as like the playing field of life does that make sense you know you yeah yeah it does um this is what i would say is there's one truth I know we live in this time period where people want to determine their truth for themselves. The fact is that's just a lie. Mm -hmm. And there's one truth. And so um, I think what I want people to understand is like with the game of football, the biggest rules are the ones that you don't really think about because where it's all agreed upon mm -hmm. And so, like, stay inside the boundaries of the field. Right. If you don't stay inside the boundaries of the field, you don't have a game. <laughs> yeah, there's no game. And what we've decided to do as a culture is say, hey, there's no boundaries. Hmm. And so you have just a bunch of cheaters all around. You have a bunch of people. Like, not really cheaters. They just they, – they have they're just not decided playing. they're just not playing right. Like, hmm. no, in the sense – they just don't know – you just don't have a game. You don't have anything to be playing fit for because yeah. you have someone over here walking over here, and they have – they added in another football, and it's just this craziness that leads mm. to – I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah. No, it does. Yeah. No. So it's, but, it's through – you know, it's – to me, what I'm thinking of is, like, do you think people see life differently – or is it just have they chosen just to not play by what they think the rules are? Or do you think they just totally see it as like a completely different 
goal in life a completely different game so for example if you mm. think you know the goal of you know what you call soccer is to put the ball in the net but the goal of football or american football yeah. for our uk viewers is sure. to get the ball in the end zone so it's do you think they see it as like two different games or do you think they've kind of decided you know i'm you know i'm just not playing this is just you know life's all about what i want to do and you know what what way do you think people view life um i think it's like children trying to play football like that's more of what it is like mm. like that haven't been taught it's it's a veil it's 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 just mm. in the case of reality ignorance is not bliss like i said before even if you're ignorant to the fact that gravity exists if you jump off a building there's there's still <laughs> yeah. consequences You'll for figure it, it out. It's not, <laughs> it, it'll be detrimental mm -hmm. especially if you believe that especially if you don't have the christian belief of that we're going to live forever because mm -hmm. christians believe we're going to live forever mm -hmm. and so it puts less value in these little things but this is actually the answer to the question is this is a, a devotional that I read. It's my utmost for his highest. It's by Oswald Chambers. Mm -hmm. And uh, <laughs> it's an old book, but it's so good. And it says the gospel of God creates a sense of need of the gospel. So, so for those that don't really understand what the gospel means, because I know this is hard for me to understand for a while, the gospel simply means good news. So what is the good news? The good news is that Jesus is coming to raise us from the dead, that he's come to give us the Holy Spirit so that we may, may now live through, he may live through us in order for us to endure to the, to the day of the Lord so that he may come back and raise us from the dead. We may be glorified along with him because we joined in with him. We are on the right side of history. So, so that is the good news. So the good news actually creates a sense of need for the good news, which is this wild paradox because right. you don't know you need it or that you're living in a lie until you encounter it. Hmm. And so and so that's why in in Second Corinthians, Paul is talking to the Corinthians and he's like, everybody knows if you're honest that we don't use underhanded methods, that we speak the whole truth. And so what we're in right now is this place of Christianity where people are trying this, trying that. Hey, you got to convince it. But it's laid out, it's laid out specifically mm. in the scriptures. If we entice someone based upon our personality, then that's exactly what they get is our personality, which has no substance. Mm. But if we entice someone in the truth of reality, when they see the gospel, the good news, and it unlocks this thing, this moment happens where they actually see mm -hmm. that they've been living in a deception. They see reality for the first time, mm. and then their life is changed because now they're like, wow, okay, I see how I've been living. Like, mm. I see that these things have consequences. Like, something I'm very passionate about is, is this the sin of sexual immorality. It's it's this it's it's one of the worst sins and it's talked about and and I I don't know if Paul is describing it for this reason specifically, but he talks about how it's the only sin that you commit against yourself. Well, 
I would say also it's the only sin you well it's one like not the only but it's a it's a sin that you commit against society because hmm. what happens when a culture is sexually immoral is it breeds all different types of stuff hmm. because if a culture wasn't sexually immoral there would be no human trafficking which we all agree is mm -hmm. horrible there would be no pedophilia mm -hmm. there would be no uh children conceived out of wedlock yeah. out of a marriage which leads <clears throat> yeah. to fatherlessness which mm -hmm. leads to poverty because mm -hmm. of fatherlessness you get raised by the street which re leads to violent crime that leads yeah. to this cycle and now we're in this cycle and we we don't actually face reality because we know deep down what the truth is and the truth is we should not be having sex with every single person that we see like that is just that's that's just false like yeah. the fact is it leads to destruction at least like i mean mass genocide we can get as controversial as we want but but more children are being killed than ever right now via abortion you and, and what that is is someone going in and chopping this baby yeah. up from the inside and then sucking them out like let's not sugarcoat what it is it's evil it's horrible and that's and that would not happen if 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 mm -hmm. we didn't commit this sin and i'm not saying i'm living in this idealized society but i mm -hmm. want people to understand that it's not god that's necessarily always punishing people it's god saying hey i i really want you to exist with me i really want you mm -hmm. to be a part of what's happening and i know and and why because i love you i mm -hmm. want I want you so much to have abundant life. I want you so much to be a part of my kingdom one day. And I see how this is, is affecting you. I made this and I, I meant I created this in a specific way to be under a covenantal relationship that can't be broken. The sim the the symbolic relationship that shows my relationship with you, that shows God's relationship with the church. I meant it to be under there to represent something great and grand, a glimpse into what intimacy mm. and relationship will be like in the age to come. And when you go against reality, the way that God created it, it leads to very destructive negative ramifications. And the way to solve this is not by, oh, just deciding that it's not bad hmm. because it still affects. And so I know you talk about politics and all this stuff on, on this podcast. Mm -hmm. the, the truth is it's, it's, there will be a time where, where all of our ideas of political ideologies and stuff will come to a complete halt yeah. because there will be, there will be a person named Jesus, Yeshua, that will take his rightful place and establish his government on earth. Mm -hmm. There's going to be an actual government. Yeah. Of, like well, the kingdom of God is, forget, is real. You know? Yeah. People yeah. forget <laughs> so, that, that hell or sorry, heaven isn't the eternal destination for Christians. You know, but it's funny yeah. to think, you know, people just think you go to heaven for eternity. But when the more you dig into that, you, it's actually the new Jerusalem on earth. It's the second, you know, the new earth is where we will dwell. Yeah. And it's, 
will be the earth that God intended it to be in a way, you know. So it's that's people often think, you know, you just go to heaven or hell for eternity, and that's it's not necessarily true, you know. It's like you said, it's God's government on earth, you know. Yeah. Well, and and I think why that's important is because it's true, right? We're we're talking about getting synced up with reality. Mm-hmm. When you believe and you and you preach something that's not true, like that we just there's no there's no like physical ramifications, there's no thing that happens here, then people inherently in their heart know, okay, there's something weird about that. That just it doesn't seem right. But when you explain to people that a real person, God in the form of what we are, man mm-hmm. in the flesh, is going to come to earth, restore and rule, mm. and judge accordingly. He he will be the just judge because God is all just and all merciful. He has to be in order to be a good judge. Like if if we went to court or whatever, and that judge was just like, "Oh, you uh, you did this, this, and this that is against the law," eh, you're good. That's not a good judge. We would no. fire that judge. We'd get them out of there. We no would justice, have yeah. no justice. We have to have justice. And the glory, glorious thing is the same person that is going to administer that justice gave us mm. through his own sacrifice yep. a way to get that paid for, to, to actually atone, give the payment for what we deserve, mm. which is death. Yeah. Well, this is this is something that a lot of people I mean, I I think I need to have someone on the show that can talk to me about this because I don't really understand it. People some people mm. say that the you know, you yeah, I'm sure you've heard of, you know, atonement theories and the different sure. ways people view, you know, Jesus on the cross and what that represents. To me, mm. it's it's very much, you know, that echoes, you know, centuries, millenniums of of Jewish tradition, you know, that to me whenever jesus died on the cross that wasn't necessarily for me just symbolic there's a very real thing about yes the, the price was paid the blood was spilt and that's very it's very much a real thing it's not just the humans were bad and they killed jesus and then this is like a symbol of how you know it doesn't represent necessarily what we think it does i think to me it's it's echoing this whole thing of you know the sacrifice was needed the perfect sacrifice was needed to get us close you know for us to be close because god is so holy that people often again don't realize if we were in the presence of god you know just us and him you know we would be burned up immediately the way they were in the you know back in the the hebrew days but with with jesus you know that's the intercessor that allows us to be in his presence and the spirit god lives within us now that's the difference god is inside us you know whereas before you would die if you were in his presence Mm. because jesus paid that very real price that sacrifice the blood was spilt to pay for that sin you know that's that to me is something that i don't quite understand how some people kind of minimize that because a lot of people will say that that means that god is like you know a bloodthirsty like kind of tyrant violent god to me that's like a misunderstanding of what this the symbolism of the sacrifice is you know we're some someone you know the perfect sacrifice is is lasts forever you know, it's not just like a sheep or something, you know, that that will pay for sins for a while. But something that's totally spotless, like Jesus never sinned, is the eternal sacrifice that continues, you know. And you have talked about this before with people like 
I'm I'm not Catholic myself, but a lot of the times, you know, Catholic churches, you know, Jesus will still be on the cross. And that's Jesus, mm. you know, representing continually atoning for our sins. You know, it's as if the cross just it lasts forever. He's always almost on the cross, symbolically paying for our sins for eternity. You know what I mean? So that to me, like we talk about reality, you know, I think that there's a real sacrifice that happened that sometimes people kind of gloss over you know no no it's it's true and it's because god has to be who he is all just all merciful all loving perfect you know it's perfection so he cannot swipe something under the rug someone had to pay hmm because he designed it that way. He designed it that way. Yeah. Just like he would not be a good God if he, if he didn't give an equal and opposite thing. Because mm-hmm. we, like, this is how it works. Either we abide in Jesus and and we take upon that sacrifice as our own, mm-hmm. or we pay the price right. eternally. There's, there's no, there's no way around it. That mm-hmm. it's a necessary thing. Now, it doesn't stop there. Like a lot, a lot of people will be like, "Oh well, the the whole point of the Bible is." that Jesus died on the cross. Now, I do not want to minimize what the cross is mm-hmm. because the cross is <laughs> the most important thing to date. Yeah. To date. <laughs> to date that has ever happened in history. But there is going to be something more significant, and it's the victory and the conquest of Jesus. The, the final victory, he will slay the Antichrist. He will judge everybody accordingly mm-hmm. so that he can create a new earth like i said a restored earth with people that they can live in complete unity he can't have corruption there mm-hmm. his desire is to dwell among his people he cannot dwell among people who don't want to exist with him yeah and this it's, is it's not yeah it's not really it's not really god's issue it's our issue Mm. we're choosing to me it's it's you almost minimize how holy god is and how flawed we are when you think you know when people say like everyone will end up in heaven like i've heard this before everyone will end up in heaven and it's not god's will (laughs) to be separated from anyone to me you know you say god is the embodiment of perfection of uh justice Mm -hmm. uh holiness and uh, and if you think how flawed we are, to me, it doesn't make sense that someone, un, an unrepentant sinner, yeah, that has no desire to be near God, never mind <laughs> purified by God, can then reap the reward of eternity in his presence. Like that, to yeah. me, to me, that doesn't make sense. And if someone can explain it to me in a way that makes sense, you know, I welcome them on the show and they can do that. But to me, it doesn't make sense that how can God be, God can't be near that you know, unholiness because he's so holy that you know that his presence demands you know a whole you know holiness in a way you know if jesus jesus makes us holy through his sacrifice yeah but you know we can't there's no other way we could be in his presence you know 
if you think of how the priests had to to go through all that back in the day, you know, to, to possibly die, you know, to go into the Holy of Holies, they had to go through like weeks of cleansing basically just to be in there for a matter of I don't know hours or days. Like to me, people just maybe misunderstand like how holy God's presence is and how there can sin cannot be near God. You yeah, I, I guess my question for that person would be, wh what God are you worshiping? Hmm. Are you worshiping the God of the Bible? Because then you can't just create your own ideas of what's true. Hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, <laughs> like, well, people obviously get it from somewhere. Like They obviously interpret the Bible in some way. And I don't want to minimize that. I mean, I, I disagree. But if people, like I said, I welcome anyone on who can explain it to me, how they get to that conclusion. But to me... You know, it doesn't make sense. Well, it's just why, not true. Well, why was Jesus's <laughs> why was Jesus's sacrifice needed if we are all going to be in heaven in the end? You know, even people that don't want to be or haven't chosen God. That yeah, that to me is like the paradox. How does it make sense? How can, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how you can read this book and you can get that. Yeah, like, I personally would agree. You, no, you know. the the problem is they're not reading this book. They're so not. You, to you, as a, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I think I, I would agree that like I haven't, I haven't been able to come to any other conclusion. The reason I'm being like a bit diplomatic about this is because you know some of my friends are on that page, and I want to, you know, I want to explore that. Yeah, well, I want to explore yeah. that with them and, and work. You know, if there's things that I need to improve on or like learn more about, that's fine. And if there's things they need to learn on, that's fine. But you know, I, I guess the point of my show and and the yeah. the blog and everything to me was always like no points of view are like out of the question yeah. like we'll talk about everything sure sure but but to me though it's i haven't seen the evidence of that worldview you know what i mean like i i need to be shown the well, proof before i can get on board with that the, the truth is it's it's not that god it's not god who sends people to hell we mm. walk gladly mm. into hell it yeah. even says it talks about this talks about i forget where it is exactly well, it's, maybe you know the narrow path and the and the broad path you know well well not only that it, it talks about specifically how on the day of the lord when they see jesus in glory god in full glory as a man in full mm -hmm. glory coming on a storm cloud like a, a tempest <laughs> coming and slaying and making these judgment that people will still choose not to follow him on that day they will still say, nah, we don't want that. Because what happens on our life is we start to believe these lies. If we don't go to this for the basis of our truth, we start to develop our own ideas. And what we do is we slowly become the lie itself. We slowly become something that we don't recognize that's so different than what we were meant to be. We we're meant to follow into this truth and not have any pressure of living in deception you feel it when i decide to lust instead mm -hmm. of stay pure i feel the pressure of the lack that comes from that we we ch change mm. into a parasite well, we change you feel the conviction you know believe. the conviction yeah. the guilt you know guilt is not a sign of anyone if you do something that's right you, you'll never feel the guilt you know you just yeah. you, People should know, I think, by their conscience in a lot of ways. But maybe you get used to tuning that out. Maybe the more you get in the rhythm of sin, maybe you find a way to to turn that switch off, and you you kind of mm. you can live that way. But I don't know. Maybe that it maybe it's hard to know whether that's just if 
maybe people that are just born again have the Holy Spirit in them. Maybe that conviction is like, I mean, I don't necessarily believe that people don't have a conscience unless they're a Christian, but maybe the Holy Spirit exaggerates those convictions in a way. For sure. There, there is a morality that is observed, that's objective, that all people feel. And then there is the Holy Spirit that we receive as a spiritual guidance. So like I said before, when you understand and you receive the good news, you recognize the need for the good news that you never recognized before. Now, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit when I was three years old. So I have been walking this path of it's hard for me to discern the difference or it's hard for me to develop that over time. Mm -hmm. But when you when you dive into truth in the scriptures more, there are answers. And, and the the Holy Spirit, not only, I would say the conscious, I don't know for sure, but I heard my friend say this the other day, that the conscious is like the communication device. It's something in us that mm -hmm. like communicates with, I don't know for sure, but yeah, no, I, I there, is, there is a, a different level of discernment and conviction that only comes from the Holy Spirit that's different than our moral standard. Right. You ask anybody, should you hate me because of my skin color? And they'll tell you no. But at the same time, they'll say there's no such thing as God. Well, Ravi Zacharias lays it out plain and simple. Is if you assume an objective moral law, mm -hmm. then you're automatically assuming an objective moral law giver. Because regardless yeah. of place that you're in, like if you say it's society that gives that moral law, then, but you would still say it's wrong for me to kill you because of your skin color, no matter where I am, no matter if they say it's okay or not, you would say it was wrong. Mm -hmm. And you are assuming that God exists because mm -hmm. there has to be someone that will place that into place beforehand. So like, you know, I, with all respect to your friends that like believe that everybody goes to heaven, that's just a lie. Like it's just not true. And, and to believe a lie, like I said, truth never comes from a lie. When you base your ideas and your worldview on something that's not true, you're never going to get peace. You're mm -hmm. never going to get full truth and you're never going to really get to answers because you don't really want to look for them because mm -hmm. if you really did, you would find them. It says, search and you will find. Knock and the door will be open. Mm. Ask well, and it will be given to you. It's interesting because the, what I hear often quoted is that when you're reading the Bible and interpreting the scripture, sure. like everything has to tie back, I guess, with the nature of Jesus. And that's, to me, that's um, what I hear a lot when people say, for example, if, if everyone's, if, if, they, if someone said everyone was going to heaven, for example, and you ask why, they would say, well, is it God's nature to condemn anyone to, to death or is it God's nature to be violent or to exclude people or is it God's will to have everyone? You know, and that's to me when, when they, they always kind of bring it back to, I guess, what they see as the character of Jesus. Yeah. And, and what I guess what I've been thinking is, is we hear, you know, that Jesus is like the full incarnation of God and like the full representation of God. But at the same time, to me, I always think of it as Jesus Jesus wasn't in a lot of situations that were illustrated throughout the Old Testament. For example, you know, when, when people say, for example, this is this is my kind of biggest argument against if people say they're like totally against war and violence in all cases, 
You know, when mm. I look back in the Old Testament, for example, there's there's no doubt that violence is not like it's not ever the ideal goal. But to me, you know, when when there's examples of God ordaining war in some cases, you know, if if you think of Gideon and the Midianites, and you think of you know just all the cases of like there's um, war in the Old Testament that God is is ordaining. To me, then, does that character, you know, that was Jesus in a way, you know, Jesus is God, that was Jesus that was also ordaining that. And to me, you know, when you when you say that, when you look just purely at the life of Jesus, the ministry of Jesus was like three years, I guess. And it's it's the fullest, you know, it's, it is God in human form. There's no doubt about that that nature was like holy and 100% God. But at the same time, there's a lot of illustrations of the nature of God that, you know, also in the Old Testament and, you know, God is, there's, there's more to God than what is just in Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. hard, it's hard to articulate that, that without sounding like you're minimizing who Jesus is because Jesus obviously is the full, like a full representation of God. Mm-hmm. But also it's like God existed for many thousands of years as well as yeah. just in the form of Jesus, you know, and he will exist for many years in the form of the Holy Spirit as well. Yeah. Well, so, he existed before time existed. Yeah. Yeah. So it's... He, he always existed. There's no there's no monetary value on... Mm-hmm. There's no... Not monetary. There's no time yeah. stamp. Yeah. He's always existed. So it's, it'd be interesting... created. Interesting to kind of hear your thoughts on that because to me, you know... Yes, the, the Jesus is a representation and the best representation of God in some ways yeah. because he was God among us. But, you know, often yeah. when you when you sort of almost dismiss what Jesus did in the Old Testament sure. as God the Father, you know, that's that to me is, is an interesting <laughs> way to see the Bible because you're kind of picking and choosing which representation of God takes precedence. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, uh, let me ask you this. What book of the Bible did... Jesus and the apostles quote the most. I think I heard this. Was Deuteronomy? Was it or is, yes? Yeah. Yes. I think I yes. heard. <laughs> I would challenge anybody who is struggling to understand the full character of who God is to go read through Deuteronomy mm. and recognize that Jesus's Bible was the Old Testament. Right. Jesus understood it and studied mm. it and quoted it. He's not creating anything new. He's not, he didn't come to bring a new revelation. He came to confirm mm, a promise. Mm. You, you look in the Sermon on the Mount and he's literally quoting prophecy. Like these, so it, it, he, he talks about tribulation. This prophesied ordained period of seven-year tribulation. Now, why would Jesus talk about that if he, like, yeah, if there wasn't, wasn't a purpose literal, for yeah. it? People, The same people would look at that and be like, well, that's not good. Why would he do that? Hmm. And the apostles seemed to be very interested and when this would come and what what it would happen. And they had discussions about it. Mm-hmm. So I would say, like, in terms of Jesus' character, look at what he talked about. <laughs> like, look yeah. at the things. Like, why why does he why would he need to forgive sins? Mm-hmm. Like, is it harder for him to heal or forgive sins? It's like 
these are very real things. Jesus was not ignorant of the Old Testament. And whenever Jesus himself is prophesying about the day of the Lord, he is not ignorant about the wrath that he will bring. Like, and these things aren't not loving. God Mm. is the, in in Christianity, the the, the God of Christianity, Jesus Christ, Mm -hmm. is the only religion where love and wrath come together Mm. in full unity. Right. Yeah, that's true. And it's okay. (laughs) We don't have to be ashamed of what's in here. Well, one of the interesting things that I always (laughs) think of is, you know, again, people might say it's all in the context and they they kind of try to Mm. work their way around things. And context, of course, (laughs) is a huge part. But what I, to me, when you read the Bible, like I always think of that. um, I'm trying to remember where it is, but where um, Jesus, I think it's Jesus says about, you know, would a father give a child a snake? kind of thing mm. instead of you know or instead of an egg well or i can't remember what it was this yeah. it, was, it was the parable of the what was the friend at midnight or whatever you call that it was in that luke i think and um to me you know does god give us scripture to trip us up can we read we should be able to read the scripture and get the the majority of what it's saying without having to go into like the deepest depths of all these you know when you try to to me like i i find it strange whenever upon reading the bible the first thing you do is try to like argue your way out of what you've just read by like finding (laughs) this context and that context and like this can be explained by this metaphor that was in this you know it's like when you try to ignore like the the obvious interpretation to find like a deeper meaning that contradicts what you've just read that's where i find it's like a slippery slope and i think context like always it will always add to what you're reading and will always give you more depth. But very rarely, like I can't see any, I can't think of any times where the context flips the definition of what you're reading. Yeah. So like if Jesus says, yeah, this is another one that's often brought up, the one will be, one will be taken and one will be left kind of thing. Yeah. That's, it seems like an obvious interpretation of like, you know, I guess some people might describe that as the rapture or like mm. people ascending, something like that. Yeah. And again, people will try and, maybe make out like well that could be referenced by an actual event where the romans would kind of come and like take people out and like punish them in that way and it's there's i see like there's value in in interpreting or like looking at the context but to me when like there's so many cases where if you like try to to work your way around what you're actually reading and like talk yourself out of what you're reading that it gets dangerous you know (laughs) it's hard to explain well let's simplify it what book of the bible like what came first the old testament or the new testament obviously the old testament Mm -hmm. if we want to understand what jesus was saying and why he was saying it we might want to go back to the prophets and see and understand what the prophets were saying because jesus quotes all of it Mm -hmm. (laughs) jesus understood all of it he knew all of it and when it comes to like something you know i don't want it to be like a just nitpicky what we're talking about yeah but <laughs> if you understand the old testament and jewish tradition you understand what jesus would have known because jesus didn't start his ministry until 33 or mm-hmm. died at 30 yeah. 30 30, 30. And, yeah yeah and uh and so he spent a lot of time in this book in the old testament he was a jew mm-hmm. jesus was a jew they they 
they took this stuff really seriously way way more seriously than us gentiles yeah. <laughs> we we don't have the tradition we don't have the context because we're not in this book every day we're not studying it and really mm -hmm. trying to figure it out so we create our own ideas and then we we're just like what's the easiest to read well i know jesus is the most important so i'll turn to matthew and we're going to read about jesus life well then jesus is quoting and using references from mm -hmm. the whole from the old testament and so if you want to understand what jesus was saying and what his parables meant go look and see where he got them from right he didn't just create them it's not that like they just came from nowhere they come from the old testament the, what he prophesies in the Sermon on the Mount, which is like the most famous thing that people talk about. They don't really know what is even said in that. Yeah, He's quoting Daniel, the prophecies of Daniel about the day of the Lord, about seven-year triple A, all, all this stuff. And so I do want to like kind of actually – so <laughs> I don't think – there is any biblical backing to this idea of a rapture. Now you can go look at all of the verses that people use and mm -hmm. that one specifically. And I don't want to stay on this cause it really doesn't matter. It yeah. really doesn't matter. Um, but if we want to understand truth and it should, it should kind of matter to us um, with the, there will be one taken away. If, if you look back into the Old Testament, I can't remember exactly where it is, but you'll see that it's actually referring to the one that's taken away mm -hmm. is, is the one that's, that is doomed, like the one that mm -hmm. is going to be taken and destroyed. Mm -hmm. The people that are left behind are the saints and the believers. Mm, that's interesting. And... And I would just, I would just challenge anybody to go look into that. Mm, yeah, and, I'm, and really I'm by it. no means. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, I'm definitely not like a rapture scholar. <laughs> I know very yeah, little yeah. about the the subject, if anything. So what you've said is definitely very interesting. Um, yeah. I have. I no... grew up believing it too. I, I well, grew I, up. I've got, that. I've got no firm beliefs either way because, you know, it's yeah. <laughs> it's almost like the when people talk a lot, people love to talk about predestination. And that's mm -hmm. an interesting conversation to have, but there are more important, like more pressing issues in some ways, you know, than than predestination or in the rapture. Or these are things that are definitely important to an extent. But like, what's more important, that or you know, being charitable and the example of, sure. of you know, like the evangelism and the gifts of the spirit like these are the things you know the the fruits of the spirit as well you know, that's the stuff that's that's every day yeah. and the reason i would say that the rapture is important is because the same thing i've kind of been saying this whole time is mm -hmm. understanding the playing field yeah if we are convinced that we will not be present during a, the seven-year tribulation in, in this this time period if we're com convinced somehow uh, that you get, you know, we mm -hmm. could go into a whole Bible study on it. Yeah, the pre-tribulation and post-tribulation. Yeah, if you think that you're going to be absent, which my grandma will argue with me forever. She's <laughs> right. like, I will not be there. I will not be there. My God, you know. And she it's can like... come on the next episode with you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but if you, if you believe that you won't be present, then how the heck are you going to prepare your heart for that? 
mm-hmm. you know, how the heck are you going to get ready to endure, you know, hardship? Mm-hmm. How are you going to get ready and prepare your heart to potentially be martyred? Mm-hmm. The truth is that we have a very, in the West specifically, Western culture, we have a very dulled down version of the gospel. We have a very dulled down version of what Christianity is mm. because we put way too much value in this life. You see it with the coronavirus stuff. Yeah. <laughs> People yeah. are scared out of their minds. Why? Because they don't actually believe that Jesus is going to do what he says he's going to do. Mm. They don't actually believe that we will live forever. Yeah. And when you live in that context, the martyrdom isn't that bad. It's really not. And it's and if you live in the context that eternity is more the age to come is more valuable, ten million fold, that we'll be rewarded for martyrdom. That it literally says that those who are martyred in those times will be in the in white robes, glorified specifically, like, oh, those are the Yeah. Those guys lived through that. Oh my gosh, mm. those are the OGs. Like Well, they're, they're Paul- the ones they're sitting around the throne in Revelation. You know, it's the martyrs that call on God for for to pour out justice and and reckoning on the earth you know they're the ones that are like they're almost like the council in some ways like they're close they're the closest they're the the martyrs the the voices of the ones whose blood have been spilled they're the ones that approach god and say you know when how long will we have to wait you know for justice well my question is if if the bible tells us that that death is not the worst thing that could happen why do we have such a hard time believing a good God would put us through that when the God that we're talking about died himself Mm. and all of his followers died and were murdered? Mm. You know what I mean? Why would we think that's so hard to believe? Are you familiar with, uh, you know, like the whole let us worship thing and Sean from Bethel, Sean Foyt, are you familiar with that? Mm -mm. Mm -mm. Um, I mean, we all have opinions on Bethel and their teachings. This is kind of all separate from that. But sure. look at this a guy, worship leader, Sean, Sean Foyt, I think you pronounce his second name, from uh, Bethel. He's one of their worship leaders. Started, like, doing all these events, like, all across the country. It was, oh, I have yeah, seen that. Like, yeah. the mass kind of worship events in the streets. Like, he did it in Washington, D.C. He did it, like, the, the Tennessee State Capitol and, like, L.A., everywhere. Like, um, I think he did it in New York as well. Like, and a lot of people, like a lot of Christians are coming out basically saying like how irresponsible it is to like have mm-hmm. these events where people are like worshiping in close proximity because of like mm-hmm. it spreading and killing people and that sort of thing, you know, spreading the virus. But to me, like the first thing that popped into my mind was like, those that love this life will lose it. And how could people who are like completely lost in the art of worshiping God in the moment, despite what the the consequences may be and and let's be honest it's not that dangerous a virus it's definitely like i don't want to minimize anyone who's like suffered from because that's terrible but it's not like the black death where you know you don't have death rates in the 10s and 20s and 30 percent it's like the point ones you know or less so to me like is that is that spirit of fear controlling you to the point where you're afraid to kind of abandon all logic and just worship god with all your heart you know that's the first thing that comes into my mind and I understand the opposing points of view where like there's ways to be responsible, like as responsible as possible. But I mean, there's the there's the primary goal, which is worshiping the creator, you know, and that's that should be your primary focus more almost 
you know, of course you want to be responsible, but that's the you got to look at the what's the the goal here? Like, what's the goal of us as spiritual beings? And that's like eternal worship of God the Father. You know, a God, yeah. yeah, in heaven. So yeah, I mean, we could get on all different types of political stuff of like. <laughs> there's so much to talk about these different types of crowds (laughs) it's it's a very like i mean well this is something you talk about like do you do you still like attend church in person and like do you think that's a valuable thing that people like do do people miss out whenever their churches are closed and shut down in the pandemic like is there something about meeting in person in church i think so uh although if your church isn't also meeting in homes i think you're missing out mm-hmm. you know i think if you're just showing up on sunday mornings to a big building just to sing some songs and have a guy speak to you and then leave after that i i think you're missing what you know the church is it's not a building or a service or a program it's not this you know like i said before in second corinthians it's talking talk, literally he's talking about like we do not use underhanded methods and it seems like that's all we do mm-hmm. now is put on these spectacles and then we're like oh but if we preach the truth then people aren't gonna stay and that's like literally it's like we paul is talking about we preach the whole truth and and that is what frees people because Mm -hmm. we don't use underhanded methods because the truth is the the truth is hidden only to those who are perishing we cannot change that all we can do is tell them Mm. what the truth is and so i i feel like Yes, it it's it, they're they're missing out on a ton. Like humans weren't meant to be behind a, a screen. I know it's really cool that we get to do yeah. this right now, that we get to yeah. talk and and uh you know, with each other, two believers across the world, you know, mm. one person in Texas, the great the great state, <laughs> uh then yeah, Ireland, right? <laughs> yeah. So um, you know, I, I do think there's value to having messages online i would not call that the church mm. um i think there there's a the, the church is the community of believers the gathering of believers and so so i was ta- talking about some to someone about this the other day is if you're gathering around the chat and uh, something is that still a gathering and i'd say maybe um but mm. when it comes to the value of being with people in person uh, I, I would say it's more detrimental um, to to not be a part of the the body than it is uh, in a physical way than mm-hmm. it is uh, to be scared of a, a virus. Yeah. Well, what's interesting to me is like when, when you think of like, for example, some people are introverted and some people are extroverted, you know, almost being in the presence of others for many people. Like I think for everyone in a way, but like it, it somehow the energy of being in person that like, gives life to your spirit in a way that being behind a screen doesn't. And I'm not sure. Like that's not to me coincidental. I don't think. Like I think oh. we're designed to be in community, and our spirits almost recognize in ways when we are in community. You know, it's interesting to me, just like how much I miss. Even like if you think of concerts, you know, you get mm. joy from being in somewhere with others who are like minded. And I guess like you need to come to Texas, bro. You can still yeah. do all that. Well, <laughs> like, yeah, like us here, they, there's concerts going on. There's like, mm. ch- dude, our so <laughs> our our, uh, our church, um, 
it started out, we had half the church was mm -hmm. like a non-mask section mm -hmm. and half the church was a mask section. Mm. Well, uh, slowly it became a fourth was <laughs> right. mask section and then it became a, like a, a few rows mm. and then it disappeared. <laughs> right. <laughs> that's a cool idea that's i mean that's yeah. a way you know that's pretty cool i've never heard that before you know like a a section for people with masks and like it's yeah there's so much in terms of like personal choice like people have to make their own minds up but what risk is worthwhile for them you know but i was my last guest on i was recording two days ago um with my wife's cousin who's in florida and um, that's okay. where my wife's from so <laughs> there yeah. and he's like our governor is awesome because he's just letting us sort of do what we need to do and like you know people want to wear masks and be at home and socially distance that's not frowned upon but at the same time people don't want to do that that's also not frowned upon you know yeah and it's i don't think you can take that for granted you know people in northern ireland where i am there's like just been announced another six week lockdown starting on boxing day on the 26th where mm. you know you can't even like the essential stores like you know, a Walmart, for example, is has to close at like eight PM and you can't be you can't meet outside in groups at all. You can't meet indoors at all. You can only go to work if it's essential, basically. You know, it's like Dude, that's <sighs> so weird, man, because like to me it feels like it's practically over. Like yeah. we've been doing regular life for a while now. And then mm -hmm. like California and even where y'all are at and I'm sure a yeah. ton of other places it's like It's weird. <laughs> It's so weird. Well, I we How? haven't like I haven't been to a concert or like other than a church service, I haven't been in any mass gathering of people since like. Are you, uh, is your church gosh, gonna like, shut down or what? Oh, our church. I haven't. I have met. Sorry, I haven't met in my church, like my home church, since March. Oh man. So I've like I what I. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not saying it. I'm not going to go into like about my church and its decisions. Like I understand whatever you know, yeah. they they'll have their reasons. But like I've been, I've attended other church services because like to me that's something that I value quite highly in meeting in person. So there's some churches, like for for brief windows, they've been allowed to open. Like so, I think there was a couple of months in kind of like October, November, like or like late September, to like mid November. I think churches were allowed yeah. to open with like social distancing and stuff. And then now, I think they're they're open now briefly, but they'll like they'll be shut in the, at the twenty sixth. So there's like you know, really we only have one more day, or like mm. if you include like Christmas Eve or Christmas Day, you know we could go those days as well. But there's only one more Sunday where churches are open. So like I've been trying my best to like go to other churches that are open, but like so will they you, will those churches stay open? No, no, at the 26th, they all have to close. Like, government laws, like, they have to close. And they have, like, this is, but this is the thing, you know, from March <laughs> until, like, September, like, that, they were closed that whole time. There wasn't, like, one church that was open up until, sorry, up until. Oh, my god. Up until July, from, from, like, April or March to July, there wasn't one church that was allowed to be open. It just wasn't allowed by law. No churches, no theaters, no bars, no restaurants, nothing was open that whole time. And then in like July or like late June, there was like a an easing of restrictions where from then until like uh 
who until about December or no, sorry, it was like the mid November time because I mm. used to, I did like sports classes and stuff and that was shut down as well, like because the gyms were all told to close, like you know all any group classes. So at, for for that time, it was open until like November time, and then it was closed again. And then now they relaxed it like briefly over Christmas for a couple of weeks, and then after Christmas is going back to like they can't even have soccer games at the minute because they're or like sorry after the 26th of December there's they're not allowed to even play soccer like for like the top leagues in the country you know so it's mm. i mean people may not realize that, like you know what it's like but for us it's normal because we've just got used to it but i like i look kind of jealously at states in america that are like just doing what they need to do you know church, like i wish there was more of a spirit of resistance mm. almost in our society like the way you guys have because i think america is like built in some ways on like resistance to like um, people moving in on your freedoms there's such a huge reaction to like anything like even if you think of like some even some gun laws or some like there's a huge reaction to anything that could look like a restriction of freedom because they kind of you know how that pans out you know when things are taken away so yeah when like in the uk we're not there isn't that spirit of like resistance is like people just love being told what to do by the government and people mm. love to follow along and <laughs> people like there are people that get tired of it and like people are really starting to get tired because restaurants have like been closed for most of the last year like more days than they've been open so um people are getting tired of it but like at the same time people like people just want to be told what to do like we need to know what the like and to me that's crazy because i think like why do you need the government to tell you what you're comfortable with doing like how yeah. if you're not comfortable going to a restaurant, don't go to a restaurant. Like don't wait for the government to tell you that you shouldn't be comfortable going to a restaurant. Or like mm. if you want to go to a restaurant and you want to take that risk, then why is the government telling you no you're not allowed to take that risk? <laughs> it's like uh, I don't know, it just is weird to me. But <laughs> like I'm a I'm a kind of mild libertarian at heart, so that's why like to me it's like particularly abusive of the government to do this, but we could <laughs> well not go well Texas. yeah <laughs> I, I i'd love to go to texas someday like i've never been i've only been to been to florida but other than that really like mainly the northern states i'm telling you i i i think the lord for the lone star state yeah and that's what that's what my guest on wednesday <laughs> said like he said you know i just thank god for florida being the way it is and for the governor being the way he is but you know and i guess enough of that but like <laughs> to end to end our show and this feels like something we probably should have started on but let's end on it um tell us like why you why did you start the podcast is that for you is that your benefit or are you doing it kind of to to learn with others or to help people who are viewing like what's your inspiration behind doing what you do yeah so our motto is learning to glorify god together and so i don't necessarily come you know, I might more, uh, I don't necessarily come from a place of authority. Like I don't, I'm, I'm not like an ordained minister. Uh, although I've had those on this show. Um, I just want to be a voice and have conversations and that get people thinking about these things. Cause when we sync up on thought, and we we start to see what truth is, and and I I know God gave me this heart of discovery and curiosity for a reason, um, and when we 
when we have those conversations with two young people or even a young and an old person come together, it's not a sermon necessarily, but it's a conversation of discovering more of who God is and how to take that and use it to glorify him every day. Because the truth is God, by God allowing us to give him glory is an act of mercy because anything unworthy of glory that receives glory ultimately gets destroyed. Like, and I know that sounds harsh, but we do not have the capacity to receive the glory that God, God deserves. And so by giving it to him, we are actually preserved. And so I have this podcast uh, created curious with Bailey Mullins. I mostly do it on YouTube because that's been growing a lot, lot, um, um, which I'm so thankful for. And I just got convicted in my heart last night because I'm like, I have to be more and more submitted to God every day, or I'm not bringing anybody any kind of value. There's just nothing I can bring you from my own strength that that will actually bring value, but the reason I do it is I want to equip Christians with ideas and conversations and stories and context in which they can better have conversations with other people. And it strengthens their faith because their faith becomes real. It says, always be able to give a defense for the hope in which is within you. And like, that's what I value is like, why do you believe what you believe? Like, you should know, you should know. And, um, but to, to really answer your question, did, like, why did I start a podcast? This is my third podcast. Um, and really my first at the same time too, cause I kind of just converted it over. Um, but I started off not following the Lord when I started podcast at 19, I'm 23 now. And I'm finally coming in to this place of where I know God is using my life and he's using the Created Curious podcast to bring forth something. And I, it's not fully culminating yet because God is so much more wise than me. He doesn't give me things when I want them. And he give me things the way I want them because he knows I would ruin it. If like, why would God give me a good gift at the wrong time? He wouldn't be a good father. And so I've been in the struggle for a while of just to get real and raw of with my own will. And I think that's what we're all doing. But, but literally me going through things and not getting this following all of a sudden because God wants to shape my heart and for me to be doing it for the right reason. I, I cannot. Okay. This is the purpose of the podcast is to glorify God. It, the purpose used to be to talk about God, give people good things and truths and realities, but build a business 
or build a podcast that is that grows so that I may be able to do that full time. See, the problem with that is if I never achieve that goal, then I failed. It was mm-hmm. all for no, I did not achieve my purpose. It was all yeah. for nothing. Yeah. But if the purpose is to glorify God, truly mm-hmm. to glorify God, not just saying it, yeah. but truly that is the purpose. Well, the gains are eternal then, fail. yeah. The gains are happening. Like the purpose is being fulfilled now. Now, maybe a byproduct is a big ministry. Maybe it's not. Mm. But I don't know who is being affected by these words. I do not know mm. what. And this has been the biggest thing for me is we're approaching like 300 subscribers or something like that. Mm. It sounds small, right? No, but it's um, it's big for like even me, like knowing how hard it is to get. To, I'm not even at 100 yet. You know, it's hard work. Yeah. 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 And, and it it sounds small to the to the to the person that is using the number as hmm. a as a scoreboard right but when the person is trying to glorify god and they see that every single one of those subscribers are actually people that get to hear a message hmm. it's revolutionary in what it does for your heart if you think about it before we had technology if you got 300 people to sit down and listen to you <laughs> yeah. in one place, mm-hmm. You'd be you're doing a big well. shot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and that's what's happening. And so the thing is I have to every day humble myself and, and get into this sober sense of reality and say, man, these are people and I need to be in the right heart position and I need to actually have a genuine connection with God if I want to lead them to God. Because if I think somehow I can skip out on that side and still somehow say something that is actually going to affect someone that means something Mm. without, you know, yeah, with neglecting that, then I'm foolish. I am believing the lie that everybody else is believing that somehow we can cut corners. Somehow we can get around and cheat the system. The thing is, mm. nobody cheats the system. A loving the reason why God hasn't blown up my podcast, like I believe the quality is worth, is because no one cheats the system. If I just blew up all of a sudden, then the ramifications don't come on the lack of, you know, uh, you know, ministry donations or whatever. It comes from the lack of my preparedness of my heart. It comes. It would come from the destruction of my humility through pride. Mm. You know, these things, this is what I want people to understand is everything has reactions. Mm. Our choices cause things. We, as especially as men of God, and especially as people who are innovative and want to get on microphones and speak to people and know that there's something more for them. We have to be very mindful about how we affect people in our lives. The decisions we make, they affect people. Like even something as simple as asking a girl out on a date changes the dynamic of the, the, the bindings in which makes a congregation, a church body, a church body. Mm-hmm. And so make sure that that is what the Lord wants you to do. And, and it doesn't have to be speaking, but you, you will know what the right decision is you Mm. will know how to walk in in that and god equips us and the more we spend time in the word the more we get aligned with god's purpose and will 
and the more that we actually receive true peace, true joy, and true purpose. And that's what we're all looking for. And so if you want, if you want the answer today, the answer is to get in the word and to actually talk and intercede and pray to God. Like the answer is to spend time with him and develop mm. a true relationship. And that can be through reading. That can be through singing. But understand what God loves and, and you will start to adopt those things because mm. you love him. It's a lot of, I was talking to my friend the other day and he was talking about he's trying to stop smoking weed. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I'm, I want to, I want to stop smoking weed because I know God has something better for me because I'm treating myself like I'm a, you know, townsperson when I know I'm a prince. That's what he said. Mm. And, and he's like, I want to stop because I know he has something better for me. And I asked him this question. I'm like, if we, if the purpose of what we do is what we do, then it's an idol. Yeah. Yeah. And so if you're trying to replace a what for another what, oh, I do this because I feel this way about myself. I don't actually believe my true identity. But I know God has this thing for me. Then you're just replacing a what for a what. What you have to do is replace a what for a person. Mm-hmm. It can't be an exchange of things. God will give you those things, but you have to want the person. Hmm. And how do you know, like when you're trying to decide what's god's will and all of this like how do, how do you hear god's will how do you know like to you is it just being like being in the word and being in prayer does that to you like kind of change your thinking almost to know to think how god thinks and to know his character yeah. or do you feel like you hear him in a more like defined and clear way almost than that yeah this is this is the first thing i want to say if you are always asking God, what is your will? God, why do you never speak to me? God, I need the answers. What is your will for this, for that? Mm -hmm. And you're not honoring the people around you. You're living sexually immoral. You're indulging in drunkenness. You are uh, being prideful. You're angry. You're indulging in lust. then you won't be able to hear God yep. very easily. At least it's like, I think someone described Cause you're it asking me, him like... for what his will is, but mm. he already revealed to you his will. It's like be obedient. Mm. Someone described to me okay. like, it's like a, a windscreen or like a, um, like a window that's got all this mud on it. And like, you continue like throwing mud on it and then wondering why you can't see outside the window <laughs> until like, you know, you basically clear that and like submit to Jesus, get that, you know, forgiveness and grace clear that out allow the holy spirit to give you like a good clean out on the inside you know then you will be able to see through that window yeah. you know through to see what god's will is mm. yeah most of the time whenever we uh ask god like what the heck like why is this happening it's usually because something we're doing like like the times in which we disagree with god's will is the time we're indulging in something not of God. It's addictive. It takes us over. I literally, 
I, I'm just going to admit these last few days for me, like last night, I don't know if I'd be saying these things with the authority I'm saying right now if I didn't spend time with the Lord last night at 3 a.m. Because that was revolutionary for me to I even watched a Billy Graham like message and it was just it was just talking about truth. It's just like what what are you living for right now? Like, you know, there's there's things that we are so caught up in that are are so pointless, but we get we get so obsessed with them. Like like just me like with I don't know with like it's relationships and girls like that has been the hardest part of my heart just to give to God and I started just getting fixated over the last few days just fixated on it and I'm just like why I feel so distraught I don't feel at peace like why is this but I knew exactly what the problem is I wasn't spending time with God you know I was neglecting the thing that Oswald says in here, <laughs> like, the, the question is, why do we expect for anything but the person that put the need in us to be able to fulfill the need? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's definitely, that's a good way of thinking about it for sure. Yeah. So, it's like, I mean, that I, reminds, it reminds me almost of yeah. the, the kind of people say about like the God-shaped hole, you know, mm. that's like the thing. There's something in all of us that wants only what the creator of us can offer, you know, and mm. especially like, you know, the gifts and the talents that we're, that we have. Like, I don't know if we'll ever see full, like a full fulfillment in our lives of even when using those gifts, if we're not using them in a way that honors the person who put them in us. <laughs> You know what I mean? But no. it's like, I, no. I, as well, like, I don't want to, I know you're a humble guy, but like, I think <laughs> I, I want to encourage you for sure that like, you know, you're definitely an example for other believers, like to see your desire to like live but, like in the word and to know God better. Mm. Like that's definitely, it's encouraging to me to see your passion for it. And I think if that's like, if that was almost the only thing that came out of your show, for example, like to be <laughs> an example to other believers, like that could be the way that God's using you through that. So yeah. Yeah, I want to encourage you in that, like, and say that, you know, thank you for doing your shows and, like, for the example that you're being for others. And even if they're not believers, that's, you know, another thing. But, like, for me listening, it's definitely, like, to see the heart of someone that's seeking after God so much is definitely, mm. like, challenging to me as well. Because I'm not always fully, like, on board. Like you said, like, we all have our struggles. But True. You know, just to, to be around and to see others, you know, that's that community thing, like, we're talking, like, the more you see others that are on fire, the more you get on fire yourself so maybe that's a good thing to end on but you know it's i think for me like yeah definitely like keep up on that front like if you keep searching and like honoring god in that way like i think that's a huge um like a huge ministry that you're having just in itself you know and, yeah. like even seeing your blog posts and things like where you're wrestling mm. like daily and <laughs> like reading daily you know that's like that's an example for other believers you know whether you think it or not yeah, and I, I think the the thing that we really have to realize is that, like, anybody you look up to is, like, there's, I guess what I want to say is, there's no 
quick way to become great. There's no, like, you look at those old men that are, like, so close to the Lord, content, have had mm-hmm. blessings, over yep. generational <laughs> blessings over their family. And you're like, how do you become one of those guys? Mm-hmm. One day at a time. One quiet time at a time. And continuing to endure. Because, like I said, we're at war. We're at war. We're not at war against flesh and blood enemies, but the rulers, the principalities, and the dark authorities in the unseen realms. This is true, and that's why. That's why we have this book. This book is to calibrate our hearts, calibrate our lives. Reading other books from authors that have walked this obedient life and have discovered things about the nature and the character of God. These things seep into who you are. The music you listen to seeps into who you are. The reason you get this feeling is like, like I was listening to Kid Cudi's new album, the clean version of it. But even then, the the feeling it just it started to shift what I was thinking about and and the way I was acting and I started to become more prideful and like started to think about my own creation. It, it's like when we look at Solomon's life, Solomon was an artist. Solomon was a foodie. He loved elegance and created big extravagant gardens and he did everything that seemingly the christian artist god honoring person would want to do he does the he did the things that we're trying to do with this podcast is create something that like means something like he and what he realized was like all of it was meaningless although it was beautiful although it was elegant and he he loved plays and the arts and all this stuff that that I'm like, dang, that sounds amazing and cool because I'm from Austin, Texas, you know, this super artistic place. I love that kind of stuff. When it comes down to it, it's not about us making something that will benefit people or benefit God. It's about us giving God what he deserves. And, and the only way that our what we do is going to mean anything is if, If, it's if God is the reason. If it's that we want people to know him the way we know him. Because there's no purpose apart from that. As hard as we try. We see it in the life of Solomon. Literally the wealthiest and the wisest and one of the most artistic men to ever live at the end of his life, says it was all pointless. That should wake us up because we live in the self-expression time period. You know, 
like we believe that's so important what's important is the is the good news is the message that jesus will come it's been promised that god is going to fulfill his final promise of raising his people from the dead the day of the lord and if, if we lose sight of that that's when things go wrong and that's what we must be attached to is this awesome. promise mm. well i think i think that's a good note to end on for sure <laughs> i got just tied everything up neatly there but yeah i want to thank you so much for appearing on the show and taking the time out of your busy life you know you got stuff going on and thanks for taking the time to join us and, and just talk about a bit of everything you know and there's stuff that we you know even that idea of like doing things well like solomon did you know we could almost do a whole show on that in yeah. itself you know like that's such a like an important thing as well to talk about but you know it's uh for sure we can catch up another time and, and go through those sort of things and a lot more but yeah thanks again and really appreciate you joining us for this episode dude yeah thanks for having me on and i'm excited for you to come on my show yeah absolutely so well you'll probably be yeah. I was going to say, tell people now, like, I'll put it in the bio and stuff in the description, but sure. tell people where they can find your show and, like, what, what it's all on. I think you mentioned yeah. it was on YouTube, but is that, like, are you on other platforms as well? Yeah. So we're on YouTube, um, Apple Podcasts, uh, Spotify, just anywhere you can find podcasts. If you listen to podcasts already, which I'm guessing yep. <laughs> you do if you're watching this, then you'll be able to find it at your, on your preferred platform. Um, but I would say, uh, go find Created Curious with Bailey Mullins on YouTube. Um, most of our, actually, all of our episodes are in person, mm -hmm. um, but we want to expand um, to to Zoom more. And this yeah. is kind of a learning experience. Um, we do all of our episodes in studio um, in College Station, Texas, and uh, our producer's name is Caleb. But yeah, so we just learn to glorify god together and so uh created curious uh podcast you can look up create curious podcast or create curious with bailey mullins on youtube and and get subscribed so yeah awesome well yeah yeah thanks everyone who's listened along and watched this episode um thanks for joining us and um until next time we'll see you on the next episode of the two things you shouldn't talk about thanks again for watching and yeah we'll see you next time thank you guys